Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. The day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord, waiting for the promise of the Spirit of the Lord. One hundred and twenty gathered in one place, fervent and praying for the Spirit of grace. When suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. This is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. Good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons is finally back tonight. If you'd like to call in during the broadcast tonight, give us a call, 701-225-5133, with any questions or comments you may have 
Or if you just want to let us know where you're listening from, we'd appreciate that too. You can also text us tonight during the Tell Like It Is show, 701-290-7862. And if you're out of country, you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Sing us a song, Pastor Simons. All right, I will. Only sing by request, right? The uh, Good to be in the studio tonight after two weeks of absentee absence. I was on, my wife and I were in the um, Dominican Republic for two Sundays in a row. And um, uh, Dr. Matt Ramsey did the program the first Sunday. And then uh, Seth and Kyle were on last week. And I not only got to hear the program and I heard that it was good, but I um, also heard good comments about the program. Uh, Brother Kyle telling his story about how God has delivered him from the meth addiction and so on. And if you want to hear that story, I've got a recording of it. So somehow um, I can get it to you, maybe email it to you or something. You can also get on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. And when you do that, you'll see a podcast. I don't know if it's on their podcast yet, but it will be eventually. Hello to all of you Dickinson, local Dickinson people here. And we want all through this broadcast, we're going to be inviting you to church 105 7th Avenue West. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. We'd love to have you come. And as uh, Seth said tonight, if you are listening, send me a text, 701-290-7862, or email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. did bring my guitar in the studio, and I'm uh, going to sing a song about um, the fact that there is a designer in this universe, and uh, it may be tonight if i hopefully i get to it but the only way that you could not believe that is if you've got so educated that you become a fool that's the only way because there is nature itself teaches you these things what keeps this tiny planet moving around the sun each day who makes the evening sky into a shrine you've known it from the start Cause it's written in your heart This clock is running by divine design Who keeps the seasons changing As the winter yields to spring Who made the plan to bring this rock to life Oh, you don't need a school Cause from Einstein to fool You know that it is by divine design Tell me you believe it's fate And not a master plan Tell me I'm an accident With eyes and feet and hands Well I'll tell you one more time That I know this world is by divine design Would evolution teach us to prove that right and wrong when right means that we'll have to sacrifice? Would evolution start a world that's filled with art? You know that it is by divine design. Tell me you believe it's fate not a master plan Tell me I'm an accident with eyes and feet and hands Well I'll tell you one more time That I know this world is by divine design By divine design In 
it is by divine design. This world is by divine design. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the book of Romans. We're going to be talking about having a clear conscience toward God. It's so important that we understand these things. Again, if you're listening tonight, I'm not taking time to look at my text just yet, but I will in a little bit or my emails. But uh, the book of Romans chapter 1. I just want to read a few verses in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Let me just keep reading. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And I'll just stop there tonight. I mentioned as we just started the broadcast that that um, that according to this scripture, there the invisible things of Him of God are clearly seen by by His creation. That's by us. Um, nature itself teaches us that there is a God. Part of the reason I think we have so much agnosticism and atheism in our world is people grow up in concrete jungles. They don't even see the hand of God. You can't even see the stars in a lot of cities because of the lights. Um, everything that you look around was made by man. But I believe that when you get out into the to the to um, into nature and you begin to see the, the awesome creation of God, it begins to... Um, Make a make a huge difference in the way we think, uh, and I and and so it, it seems like tonight I'm going to be talking about about uh, these kind of things, but not really because I got kind of sidetracked by our adult Sunday school class. We have at our church we have a um, open discussion Bible class before our worship service every Sunday at ten o'clock, and uh, and the lesson I don't prepare those lessons, but I teach one of the classes because we try to break it in smaller classes to keep it uh, for open discussion purposes and uh and so i'm i'm kind of i kind of got hijacked tonight in my program because i'm going to uh my mind is full of those things and i'm going to go back and forth but we need to have a clean conscience before god and i'm going to say before we can do that we've got to believe that god exists um one of the reasons that our world um is falling morality wise is because the belief in God is the basis of all morality. It's If there isn't a belief in, in God, if there isn't a belief in a fair God and a just God and a creator God, uh, at that point, humans become uh, the, the, the strong, taking advantage of the weak. Um, whoever's got the most power gets to have the, the wives of the people that have the less power. Um, man, I, I know that we think we're living in a world that, I've talked to, I was just on a cruise talking to people. Maybe some of them are listening and I hope they listen or hope they text me to let me know that they're listening. I met a lot of people on this cruise ship, but just talked to people from all over the place, all over the United States, Canada that were on this cruise ship and some other places too. And, uh, I got this feeling that they think this world is getting more civilized. I wished I could say that. I really do wish I could say that. I wish that we learned our lesson after World War II when 60 million people died in, in, as the result of World War II. That's the figures I've heard. 60 million people died either in combat, civilians, um, uh, like the Jews in the Holocaust, all those people that died there. But I'm telling you, mankind has not learned its lesson. And the farther we turn away from the belief in God, the, um, 
Uh, and I want to just make this point first, is to have a clear conscience before God. You've got to believe that God exists. You, you, you can't, I mean, it's redundant to say I've got a clear conscience before God if there is no God. And so to have a clear conscience before God, we have to believe that God exists, that he, he exists. And, and, and I, maybe I've, I've said enough about that because it's just kind of redundant in a way. But, but the book of Romans said that there is inside of us a belief that God exists. I, I propose to you, you have to be educated out of that belief. I think if, if, uh, you were just born with no contact of any human beings anywhere, and you were just living on a somehow I don't know maybe you you uh, you were raised by a gorilla or something like Tarzan, and uh, you were just born that way, never got to talk to anybody that you would believe in a god. Uh, would it be the true God? And I'm going to get into that the second part of the, uh, after this first song we play. But but it it wouldn't be necessarily the true God. But I believe that in all of us there is in fact one of the greatest proofs that there's a God is that across all cultures. I don't know if you realize this, but Moses' Ten Commandments that God gave him on, on, on the mountain, those commandments, many of those commandments, translate into all kinds of different cultures that predate Moses. And it's not that Moses got his idea from them. It's because they got their idea from God. The morality of mankind, that is one of the greatest proofs of the existence of a Creator. I want you to text me tonight, especially 701-290-7862, and let me know you're listening. We're going to play this first song, get right back into it. Well, we worship at the shroud of Elvis, and we're waiting for that money from Ed McMahon, and we're drinking from the Perrier Fountain of Youth, while we follow what the daily horoscope saying. Delving into pet psychiatry Trying to treat cancer with the fruit juice cure Big world. 
studying the National Enquirer. Is it true Sonny Bono is the Antichrist? We debate if TV wrestling is really a sport. While we're testing rock and roll and its effect on mice. Bonding with our little computer screens. Getting anorexic on our lean cuisines. Turning plastic surgeons into millionaires. So everybody finally gets to look like cheer. Good to have you back after the Kika Kacha, whatever that is. I told Seth we could have phased that out. Now, it is a great big stupid world, but only as we turn away from God. Good to have all of you listening. I heard that Holy Ghost Radio cut out. Um, I don't know if, if uh, we got any word back on that. And if it did, then you're not listening to me that we're listening to Holy Ghost Radio, so what's the point of me saying that? But the um, good to have all the emails and texts I've got, people from Pennsylvania, Texas, California, Indiana, and even as far away as Beulah, North Dakota. And then we've got, yeah, way out there. And then we've got uh, all you Dickinson people listening and Belfield people listening tonight. Good to have you with us, and um, hopefully didn't hurt anybody's feeling by messing or missing anybody. Uh, talking about tonight having a clear conscience toward God. Number one, you've got to believe that God exists to have a clear conscience toward God. Uh, number two... Uh, we've got to have a clear conscience towards the right God. Um, you know, this, this is so important. We have to have a right understanding of God. You, you can believe, if your God believes, like, and brought out in our Sunday school class today, if you believe, if you're a cannibal and believe you can eat people, um, you can have a clear conscience before your God, but that doesn't mean you have a clear conscience before the God. And I want to spend a little time here talking about this because it's important that we do have a clear conscience before the true God. And the true God is the, is the God of the Bible. The, the, um, you know, I, I've, I've said this many times, probably many times on the radio, but, but, uh, there is a, well, growing up, I always believed in God. I was never an atheist and I was never an agnostic. I believed in God, but I just didn't know who he was i didn't i didn't know what he stood for and because of that i made him up in my mind like i believed in a god that i created like i created god in my own image and i served that god and that god and i were really good friends i never felt guilty praying to him never felt bad thinking about anything i i remember um saying things to people i I remember saying i don't need a piece of paper to tell somebody i love them you know, like I didn't, I, I thought you didn't need, need a marriage license. I grew up thinking these things. I, I, and, and where did I come up with this? Now I know God doesn't have a marriage license technically, but God believes in marriage. 
And uh, as long as we live in the United States, I think you ought to get a marriage license. I, I think it's right. In fact, I was going to do this broadcast on people living together. I might do that next week. If you're living with your girlfriend, you better get married before next week or don't listen. But um, because you're going to feel guilty. But but um, the Bible calls it chambering. And um, and I'm gonna, I might I might I might not might not either. I'm not going to hold myself to it. But but there is a uh, uh, oh Holy Ghost Radio is on. Good to have you guys back. I'm glad we lost you for a little bit. I don't know why. But I got a lot of texts saying that it was gone. And I want to say hello hello to uh, Paul and Candy from Texas. They were on the cruise ship with us, and they're listening tonight. That is really neat. Makes me feel good. So hello, Paul and Candy down in, in Texas. Glad that you guys are listening. Uh, my wife and Candy made a kind of a special connection there on that cruise ship. It was pretty neat. Um, but tonight we're talking about having a clear conscience toward God. Number one, you've got to believe God exists. Number two... To have truly a clear conscience before God, we've got to make sure it's the true God. Now, like, like for instance, um, there was a man that uh, in, in France here uh, a few weeks ago or maybe a couple months ago, he, he rented a truck, and, he, and he, in the name of jihad, he drove over, ran over, killed 55 people with this truck. I read I read an article about it. You talk about a horrible. This was a this was a huge uh, vacation time in France. Families together walking down to to uh, uh, wherever this was to the to the to this this uh, yearly activity that they have. Just a time of vacation. They found body parts in the axles of the truck, heads, arms. I mean, this was a horrible thing. And he just kept running. And finally, a lady police officer. They, they got the truck stopped and she, he had a gun too and she just leaned over the, she just held her hand over the top of the window and just shot down into the truck and killed the guy. And, and thankfully she was able to do that because he might have killed even more people. Now why did I say that? Because as a jihadist, he had a clear conscience before his God. But that's not our God. That's not the true God. And I'm not here uh, cutting down Muslims tonight. That's not my purpose. But I'm telling you that you can say that you have a clear conscience before God, but that means absolutely nothing uh, if it's not the truth, if it's not the true God. There is one God, one mediator between God and men, the Bible says, the man Christ Jesus. And so there's only one true God, and this true God came to this earth, robed as a man, to die on a cross, and now... That body, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in that bodily body. So we need to have a clear conscience towards God. We need to believe God exists. If we don't believe God exists as a society, there is nothing to shore up the conscience anymore. What stops you from lying when you can get away with it if there's no God? Like if, if you, if you could, if you could get away with it lying and there is no God and you know for sure there's absolutely no way I can get caught at this, you say, well, I just have high morals, but what are they based on? In fact, what are the, most of the laws of the United States based on? They're based on the Ten Commandments. They're based on the moral Ten Commandments. When Jesus, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and Jesus told him to keep the commandments and, and, the, and, and, he said, which commandments? Jesus didn't mention the Jewish commandments to this young man, but he did mention the moral commandments. That's what he mentioned. He mentioned, thou shall not kill. Thou shall honor thy father and mother. He mentioned these moral commandments. And so we to have a clean conscience before God is so important. Uh, I think here, now let me just tell you what I think. There are people that get really nervous because they think that I'm judgmental. 
Like if I tell people they're not right with God. Um, I told a guy, maybe he's listening tonight, I told a guy on the phone here a while back, I said, you're not right with God. And he got really mad. He said, that's very judgmental of you to say that. I said, no, I'm just listening to you talk. You're, he was telling me about angels and visions and God speaking to him in audible voices, but also using a lot of cuss words and talking about, you know, getting busted for illegal activities and all kinds. I said, you are not right with God. And I mean, I, and it didn't seem to really go anywhere and, and he hasn't called me since. I hope he does. I hope you hope he comes to church, but I, I get this a lot. People think I'm being judgmental, but I think this is, this is just my theory, but I think that the people that are always screaming, don't judge me possibly don't have a clean conscience before God. You know, um, in the studio here now is, is a friend of mine that I really like named Chris and, um, for some reason, I just like your sense of humor. I just get I get a kick out of it. I don't know if anybody else does, but he makes these really snide remarks, and I'm just constantly laughing. And uh, just some of the things, maybe it's California talk I've never heard. You know, he said his your your head got so big you couldn't get in your garage door. That was one that I just had never heard that before. Because we in North Dakota, our head gets so big we can't get in the front door, but not the garage door. That's really a big head. But you know what, Chris? If I if I thought, you know what, Chris isn't right with God. But if you knew you were right with God and your conscience was right with God, would you be that mad about it? No, because, see, it doesn't matter what people think if you're right with God. I think many times the people the people that scream, don't judge me, don't judge me, don't judge me, are really saying, when I listen to them, I'm not right with God and I feel bad about it. And because of that, they're defensive. If you're truly right with God, if you truly are, it doesn't make any difference what anybody else says. One, I would say one of the worst things that could possibly happen to anybody, I think, is to be accused of something you didn't do. You know, like like let's say somebody hated your guts and just accused you of, of uh, doing something that you didn't do, and now you're in prison. But even in that, if your conscience is clear with God, first of all, you're going to have friends that believe you if you're if you're an honest person. And that's good too. I mean, that's, in fact, I've decided a long time ago, time ago, that's going to be good enough for me. You know, if I got friends, but, but not only that, but is your conscience right with God? You need to have a conscience that's clear with God. And if your conscience is clear with God, at that point, righteousness begins to, to be something that comes from the inside and not from the outside. You know, um, uh, one of the things that, that over the years people will, uh, I'll be in a, now it's changing. It really is for the worse because people don't even know they're swearing anymore. Uh, foul language. Even our politicians are are using. Teachers are using foul language. But it used to be that when people were swearing and they knew I was a preacher, they'd say, "Oh, sorry, Pastor. I, you know, you got to excuse my French." They would say. But I would always say, and I got this from my pastor. But I would say, if you're not embarrassed around God, don't be embarrassed around me. Like, like, aren't we, I, I was years ago, I was in a um, convenience store, and I walked into the store, and there was a man named Tommy. This was in Bismarck, and nobody has any idea who I'm talking about. But Tommy was looking at a magazine on the magazine rack. Now, Tommy was going to a different church, not a Pentecostal church, but I heard that he was going to church, and I was excited to see him. I, I had um, went to school with his older brother, Gary. And now I'm starting to give it away. I wonder if these guys are listening to Bismarck. But, but anyway, he was looking at a magazine. This was like 
35 years ago. And when I walked up to him, I said, Tommy, Tom, how are you doing? He took that magazine and he put it behind his back. And he stood up and he, and he shook, with his other hand, he reached out and shook my hand. Bob, good to see you. And I wanted so bad to see what that magazine was. And I didn't, you know, probably nowadays I would say, what are you reading anyway? Or what are you ashamed of something? Or, but instead I just sat and talked to him extra long. I just, I just kept talking to him. But like, here's the deal. If your conscience isn't right with God, you can fool a lot of people. But this is where it starts. We've got to have a conscience that's right with God. We've got to be concerned. What does God think of me? It's so important that we think these things. And here again, I'm qualifying this. You've got to have the right understanding of God. You can't just say, oh, you know, because there are people, there there are crazy people that are in insane asylums today saying, God told me to kill Mary. Well, that's not God. God didn't tell you. You know, you got little voices going off in your head. And, uh, and you know, I mean, that's that's not God telling you to kill Mary. You know, that's, that's you know, oh, no, he told me. I There was a, a while back, many years ago, I went to visit a boy in the psych ward, and he told me, this boy didn't go to our church, neither did his parents, but he told me, he said, God told me to hit my dad. This was a teenage boy, and he ended up in the psych ward. And I looked at him, and I said, God didn't tell you to hit your dad. And he, and he looked at me, and he was just like amazed. He was, he was, uh, he was so impressed. He goes, do you know that for sure? I said, yep, I do. <laughs> I know that for sure. I said, that was not God. I said, it could have been you were mad at your dad, uh, your dad, and it could have been the devil, but it wasn't God. And he, he, this kid and I have been, we, I don't ever see him anymore, but we still have a kind of a neat relationship. He thinks I'm some kind of, some kind of prophet. Like he thinks, you know, like, wow, you know, God told, you know, like, cause I looked at him and as just authoritative as I could, I said, God did not tell you to hit your dad. Well, how did I know that? Because the word of God says, don't strike your dad. In the Old Testament, if you hit your dad, you were in some big trouble. The old, they take you outside the city and stone you, and that wasn't with marijuana. It was big rocks, you know. I mean, they, they would stone you. I mean, they would, you'd be dead. You, you'd never, it says if you raised up your hand against your mom or dad in the Old Testament, they'd kill you. I bet a lot of parents didn't turn in their kids for stuff like that, but I'll bet anything there wasn't a lot of that going on either. You know, there, there wasn't. And so, and so what I'm saying is you've got to have the right God. You've got to have the right understanding of God to have a clear conscience before the true God. And if you have the, the way to get a clear conscience before God is to, to come to God in repentance. You know, let me just tell you this. Um, there are people, and I mentioned it earlier about judge, people think we're judgmental or I'm judgmental, I should say. But if you were lost and you were not right with God and your life was not pleasing to God, wouldn't you want somebody to tell you? Like, like, uh, you know, years ago there was a man named David Wilkerson, and many people know of him. He started a mission in New York City, uh, David Wilkerson did, to help uh, gang members, drug addicts, heroin addicts, and so on, prostitutes. Um, and he, when he first moved there, David Wilkerson in the 60s, he uh, he had never smoked a cigarette in his life. You know, he wore uh, like a three-piece suit, you know, probably with white socks and and, and high water pants. You know, he was so out of place. Like, let me just tell you this. If you think you have to be a drug addict to help the drug, drug addicts, you're not, that's not correct. You gotta be brave and you gotta love people. That's how you're gonna help people. It doesn't matter if you went through what they're going through. It doesn't make any difference. So he moves to this city, to New York City from a, a agricultural area, this, this, this little town pastor, and he does a 
survey with people, and he asks the drug addicts, the, the, the junkies, the prostitutes, the pimps, the gang members, in one word, sum up your parents, the churches, the police, and they called it back then the establishment, and a lot of people don't remember that. The hippies called it the establishment. And the one word that came in overwhelmingly was coward. These people that were so messed up living on the streets said, our parents and our teachers and our schools, they didn't want to tell us that we were wrong. You see, what, what I'm saying here, to have a conscience clear before God, somebody's got to tell you what pleases God and what doesn't please Him. You know, like like um, when I was a little kid, things have really changed, but when I was a little kid, and my dad wasn't a Pentecostal, so don't think I'm promoting tobacco here, but, but every... A uh, year on my dad's birthday, I'd go down to the grocery store as a kid, and I'd buy my dad a cigar. And it's kind of weird how times have changed because now they card you. But back then, I mean, I, I mean, I was like eight years old. I had a paper out, you know. I mean, I, I'd go down and I'd pick out some big old fat cigar for my dad. They were like a quarter, <laughs> and uh, some of them were in fancy like metal cases. And and I, for several years, I bought and I'd come home and my dad would smoke this guitar uh, cigar, and he would he would. Uh, you know, like, you know, hey, thanks a lot, Bobby, you know, and uh, he'd smoke the cigar. Well, I found out years later my dad hated cigars. Like, he didn't like cigars. You know, he just, you know, he smoked cigarettes, but he didn't really like cigars. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is you better find out what your father likes if you're going to try to please him. And to have a clean conscience before God, we've got to learn a little bit about God. And that brings me to coming to church. You know, you really need to come. People say, you know, I love God. I just don't believe in church. But here again, what are you basing your idea about God on? Well, my God loves everybody. My God doesn't, my God wouldn't make a hell. Well, I'll tell you straight out, I'm not happy that God made a hell either. But just because I believe that he didn't doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You know, I, I mean, you know, I mean, th- this is God's business, hell and heaven. I'm, I'm going to leave that up to God. He, he did it. I'm not going to. There are a lot of things that God did that, you know, I kind of wished he wouldn't have done. But it doesn't change the fact that he did it. You know, there is a hell. My God did create hell. I don't like it, but it's true. And just because you don't believe it, you can be like the ostrich that sticks your head in the sand, but the lion's still coming. You know, I mean, you might as well get your head out of the sand and kind of figure out what's going on. Well, I want you to text me tonight. I'm going to take a second here to read these texts, 701-290-7862, and email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself, cause it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want to, you can't blame nobody else, cause it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want to, you can't blame nobody else. Now everyone's an expert. And passing the buck, blaming society, parents and luck. We're pointing our fingers, blaming our tools. Somebody else is gonna look like a fool, but it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault. You blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it, you can't blame nobody else. The devil made me do it. I heard somebody said, or maybe it was God himself instead, or even John Calvin's turning over in his grave. 
Hearing all our excuses for the way we behave Cause it's your own fault You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault Can't blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it You can't blame nobody else While the heavens turn to brass Well, ain't no point in looking for that snake in the grass Don't yell at your wife And don't kick the cat Just tell God the truth You know he'll listen to that Say it's my own fault I went ahead and did it It's my own fault Can't blame no one but myself It's my own fault I went ahead and did it No matter how I want to I can't blame nobody else Cause it's your own fault Went ahead and did it, it's your own fault Can't blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault You went ahead and did it, no matter how much you want to You just can't blame nobody else Tell it like it is, radio show Good to have you with us tonight Good to have all the correspondence and texting going on And even as far away as the Philippines Somebody said, sounds like Pastor Bob turned into a pirate I'm on a ship in the Dominican Republic. The um, Somebody else texted me and said, are you starting a cruise ship ministry? And uh, so it sounded like uh, uh, Jasek was saying he wants to sign up for that, that ministry. He'd like to go on that one. So that's what I like about him. He's such a spiritual kid. Jasek's in the studio with us tonight here, too, and um, with his, his good sense of humor. I told him, you can't be making fun of me in this radio broadcast, though, because I'll... I don't know what I'll do, but I know I, I got Seth here to take care of me, so if I need some help. Talking about having a clean conscience, a clear conscience toward God, and also a clear conscience toward man, if I ever get to that part of it. Because that's important, too. You know, it's important. The most important thing is what does God think of you? Uh, that's the most important thing. But it is also important what others think about us also. Um, you know, I'd rather... I'm not going to let what people think about me dictate how I live my life when it comes to God. I'd rather be a fool in the eyes of man than a fool in the eyes of God. That's for sure. I mean, because um, there are there are people that are, um, they think what we're seeking after is fool's gold. Is that pyrite? Fool's gold? Is that right? Pyrite? Yeah. The... Um, but but actually, if you're seeking after anything in this life like materialism, that's the fool's gold because you can't take that with you. Jesus said, lay up your treasures in heaven. He said, because that thieves can't steal it, moths can't destroy it. And so this this true gold is we're not going to let man tell us uh, what what's right, what's wrong, what's success, what's not success. That's that's true. But I will also say it is important, and I've got I want to give a little time tonight on the radio about this. It is very important to try to keep a clean name before men also. A conscience that is clean towards God and a conscience that's clean towards men. The prophet Samuel in, in 2 Samuel or 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 3, uh, he was getting old. He, he called a, a meeting of the elders of Israel, and this is what he said in, in 1 Samuel twelve three: Behold, here I am, witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken, or whose ass or donkey have I taken, or whom have I defrauded, whom have I oppressed, or of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind my eyes therewith? 
and I will restore it to you. Samuel was saying, if I've done anybody wrong, I'm, you know, he's getting old, he's getting ready to die, I'm going to make this all right. Well, there's nobody said a word <coughs> to Samuel. Nobody said, because he hadn't done it. He was clean before man, too. And it's important what others think of us. That's why it's important that you pay your bills. It's important that you pay your bills. Uh, you know, people are borrowing money like crazy now, and uh, they just think they don't have to pay it back. But it's important that you pay your bills. You say, well, I, I asked God to forgive me. Well, you might ask God to forgive you, but you owe me a thousand dollars. You know, like, right? I mean, and maybe if I was a Christian, I'd forgive you too. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. Uh, don't try it if you, if you're doing business with Simon's Homes. You'll know, say, hey, Pastor Bob's gonna just, you know, uh, I'll, I'll send, I'll send my, uh, salesman after you or something. But the, um, but, but there are, there are, we've got to have a clean name before men also. We've got to, it, it's important the way we conduct ourselves. It's important the way we're perceived. It's important that, that, uh, not only do we have to have a clean conscience before God, but we have to have a clean conscience towards others too. You know, it's important. You say, well, I don't care what the neighbors think. Well, you should care what the neighbors think. Because the neighbors might need God and you're the only person they, you know, like if you and your wife screaming at each other all day and they can, the neighbors can hear it through the apartment room, uh, walls. And then the next time they see, hey, we'd like you guys to come to church. We've really been praying for your family. <laughs> well, you know, uh, and maybe you're screaming at each other in a good way. Maybe you're Italian. I don't know. Italians scream at each other. It doesn't matter. If, they just scream at each other even if they like each other. They scream at each other. But, but the, uh, you know, but it matters how you appear. It matters. We are our brother's keeper. You know, um, as a pastor, the New Life Pentecostal Church, I've asked the people that come to our church, I don't want any of you to have anything to do with the alcohol business. Now, you get, you can come up with your scriptures, and you can say Jesus told, or Paul told Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Jesus turned the water into wine. I mean, I know all those verses, and when I first came to God, I still did drink occasionally, thinking I had verses. I had God backing me on this. Even though my pastor wasn't backing me on this, I can promise you that. I don't know if he's listening tonight, but I think he was really shaking his head when I first came to church, you know. But I mean, I, I had a long way to go. I had some thinking that needed to be changed. But, um, the reason I quit drinking completely was because I thought of all the alcoholic people that were coming to that Bismarck church and I thought, what if I would cause them to stumble? Because I knew the Bible said that drunkards are going to be lost, that they're going to hell. And so if I'm the man that gives you the drink to become a drunkard, and I'm going to go to heaven, and you're going to go to hell, does that sound right? You know, I want you guys to think about this. There was a, um, a several years ago, many years ago, there was some people that owned a bar out in Weibo, Montana, called the Rainbow Bar. Now, that meant something different back then than it does now. The Rainbow Bar would, you know, I bet they've changed the name on that thing by now because that somehow the homosexuals have hijacked the word rainbow. <laughs> Rainbows used to be a nice thing. But but anyway, the the Rainbow Bar, this through a weird series of events, we started having a Bible study with the owner and his wife and one of their sons and one of their daughters and son-in-laws with the Rainbow Bar. And, and um, it was just the neatest Bible study. We would go out there like every Thursday night, and have Bible study with these <coughs> with these five people. They were going to a different church at that time that didn't believe the apostolic plan of salvation and found in Acts two thirty eight. 
And he one Thursday when I came out, he goes, Pastor, we're getting baptized this Sunday at our church. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. I said, we're going to skip ahead to the lesson on baptism. So we skipped ahead. I said, whoever, whichever church you get baptized in, you need to make sure you're getting baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And so that Saturday, uh, Stan, who was one of the, the son-in-law of the bar owner, he said, he called a meeting with the pastor. He said, Pastor, we just wanted to go over some things on the baptism. We just wanted to know, Pastor, you, you are baptizing us in Jesus' name. Is that right? And the pastor said, no, Stan, I'm baptizing you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Found in Matthew 28, 19. But, see, but Stan knew, knew what the Bible said because he knew that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not names. And Jesus said the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Name. They're looking for a name. That's why Peter in Acts 2, 38 said be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And so Stan said, well, we really want you to, Pastor, really want you to baptize us in the name of Jesus Christ. The pastor's son was in the meeting, and he said, he said, Stan, now my dad's been doing this for about 40 years, and I think you ought to do it the way my dad said. And Stan, who, before he moved to Weibo, had been a lumberjack out on the West Coast, he said, I've been cutting lumber for about 20 years, and if some young guy came and showed me a better way to do something, I'd do it. And so he called me, Stan called me on a Saturday night and said, Hey, uh, Pastor Bob, you know, our pastor won't baptize us in Jesus' name, so I kind of have a weird request, but do you think you could do it? <laughs> I said, I think I could. And so Stan and, and his wife and his in-laws and another brother came down, and we baptized the five of them in Jesus' name, and they started coming to our church after that. Now, the reason I, 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 I told that story is because later... Stan's father-in-law, Jimmy, he was trying, he was feeling more and more uneasy about owning this bar. In fact, one of the first things he did is set up a coffee pot in the bar. And and then some of the next things he did was quit lying for the guys. Like, uh, you know, Joe would be in the bar and, and the phone would ring and, and it would be Joe's wife. It used to be Jimmy would say, yeah, Joe's not here. I don't know where Joe's at. But he said, but now he would be like, yeah, Joe, and Joe's like, I'm not here, I'm not here, but but uh, Jimmy was like, yeah, you want to talk to Joe? Joe, come on over here, it's your wife. Well, then, then, then he asked me, he said, would you have a Bible study in the bar? And I said, well, I will. I will, Jimmy, if... If you promise me there won't be any drinking while I'm there, you know, just, and so he said, I'll, I'll promise you, Pastor, we won't have, we won't serve any liquor while you're there. But he couldn't get any takers on it. So, but you know, I remember the call. Jimmy called me and he said, Pastor, I can't serve this poison anymore. You see what I'm saying? Like we have to have a good re- a testimony towards others. In other words, what Jimmy was thinking, how can I be right with God and being part of the problem here? You know, um, we it is important. And let me just say this about baptism. Uh, just being, um, I'm kind of off the subject, but but the apostle Peter said that we are baptized. One of the reasons we're baptized is to have a clean conscience before God. First Peter, like one twenty one, I think it is, that we have a clean conscience before God. You know what that means? That means that that we are being baptized. One of the reasons we're being baptized is because God said to be baptized. And to have a clean conscience before God, we need to do it. It's like your your folks saying mow the lawn. You know, I mean, when you when they come home and you didn't mow the lawn, 
um, you, you're not going to have a clean conscience before your parents. Uh, you know, when people say, well, Pastor Bob, I wasn't baptized by immersion like the Bible said, and I wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. And do you think that God will care? Do you want to spend your whole life guessing? Do you want to spend your whole life thinking like, well, I sure hope my baptism was good enough? Wouldn't it be better to have a clear conscience before God? I just did it the way he said. I've had, you know what, I... I don't make fun of people that are sincere. I really don't. And if if you're listening on Holy Ghost Radio and you do that, uh, I think you're wrong. I don't think you should make fun of sincere people, even if they don't have the truth. But I will tell you this: that that um, sincere people, you you need to to have people come to me and say, "Hey, Pastor Bob, I've lived for God all these years, and I've never been baptized in Jesus' name." I was telling a story in church today. There was a lady, Baptist lady. 80 years old, grandma, uh, we, I just call her grandma. You know, it just seems disrespectful to call her anything else. So I just call her grandma. But 80 years old, she was up here to visit her daughter here a while back. After the service, her daughter went up to the front to pray. We had a special speaker, and he had been preaching about baptism. Brother Farron does preach a little bit about baptism, and, uh, and quite a bit about it. Actually, when he, he comes, he preaches about it. And um, and and he'd been preaching about baptism, and he gave the altar call, and people were up praying. But Grandma was just sitting back there, and I thought I, she looked mad to me. So I walked back there, and I said, "Grandma, are you okay?" And she said, "No, I'm not okay." And uh, in fact, she and I were just talking after church today, getting the story straight. But she said, "No, I'm not okay." And I said, "What's wrong?" She said, "That man up there just told me I wasn't baptized the right way." And I looked at her and I said, well, I'll baptize you. And she said, you will baptize me. Before I go home to Texas, you'll baptize me. Why? Because she needed a clean conscience before God. You know, there, there are people in this city listening to me tonight, and I know you are listening because you tell me you're listening. You And you go to churches where they baptize or sprinkle babies. That's not right. That's not, it didn't hurt you. I mean, unless you got a cold, but it didn't hurt you to get sprinkled as a baby. Your parents meant well by it. But that's not baptism. The word baptism means to immerse, and if you've not been immersed, you know, uh, you, you need to be immersed, baptized in the name of Jesus. I've said it before over the years, but if there's any pastor out there listening tonight that disagrees with me on baptism, you are welcome to come into the studio and sit across on another microphone and talk to me about it. I'm not afraid of that. My cell number is 701-290-7862. I won't make fun of you. I won't uh, belittle you. I'll respect you. But, you know, you're a pastor and you and you love the people in your church. You need to teach them about being baptized in the name of Jesus, and you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Why? Clear conscience, a clean conscience before God, because you're doing what God says. You're, you're doing a clean conscience. We need, I, I got back into the first part. We, but we need a clean conscience before God. We need a clean conscience before men. The Bible said abstain, 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Why? Because God, it, it impresses God? No, it doesn't. Like if you're doing what's right and it looks wrong, God knows you're right. So why shouldn't you do it? Because of other people. Abstain from the appearance of evil because of other people. Um, Jesus said, let your light so shine, you are the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14. 
A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Hid from who? I mean, neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. We It says that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We need to live a life that is is a, is a life that God would be proud of and that that is we are trying as much as we can to make God look good. Now, he doesn't need that. I mean, he looks good anyway. But, you know, we're representing God. We're, 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 we're his representatives. And the uh, my friend, Dr. Matt Ramsey, that does this program sometimes, he said, I've heard him say it many times, he said, nobody can hurt the kingdom of God, uh, no atheist, no agnostic as much as a person that claims to be a follower of Jesus and is not living for him the way he should. Nobody can hurt the kingdom of God that way. And so we've got to live right. We've got to have a clean conscience before others. Romans chapter twelve seventeen recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Don't lie in your taxes. Don't cheat people. First um, Thessalonians four twelve that you may walk honestly toward them that are without. Without what? Without the truth, that you may have lack of nothing. And so it is so important that we. Um, that we uh, um, give our lives to God and we are clean, bef- our conscience clean before God, which is the most important thing, and then also make an endeavor to be clean before other people. Seth, give out some information. I heard good things about the way you, you did that radio broadcast last week, too. I guess you did a great job interviewing Kyle. All right. Well, we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church, and this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on every Sunday night from 806. Uh, to 906 Mountain Time. Again, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show, 806 to 906 Mountain Time every Sunday night. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. We're located at 105 7th Avenue West. That's the New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota, 105 7th Avenue West. Uh, our church phone number is 701-264-7862. If you want to get a hold of us, if you need a ride, uh, we can get you that. Um, Sunday mornings is going to be 10 o'clock is our Sunday school. We have adult and children Sunday, uh, Sunday school, Sunday mornings. Worship service on Sunday morning is 11 o'clock a.m. Wednesday nights. Our next service is going to be Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. You are invited. If you need a ride, give us a call at the church, 701-264-7862, or you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Again, you're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight. If you want to get involved, any questions or comments, 701-225-5133 is the number to call. Or you can text us tonight those same questions or comments you may have. Or if you just want to let us know where you're listening from, we'd like that too. Uh, 701-290-7862. Or you can email us if you're out of country. robertsimons58 at gmail.com. And I believe... Thank you, Seth. I believe that um, we are going to have a great move of God in these last days. I believe that. Um, but at the same time, I want you to know we are living in some really troubling times. Because when we take the belief of God out of a society, like I said, the basis of morality is that belief of God. Um, I heard this report a while back. I was at work listening to the radio. And um, I was listening to KFYR talk radio out of Bismarck. And I was so troubled to hear a report. They did an interview on college campuses. They interviewed young men on college campuses. And they asked them, if you could get by with a sexual crime and nobody would ever know it, would you do it? And it was incredible, the percentage. 
It was so high. That really scared me. That really scared me. In other words, if you knew you wouldn't get caught, would you do it? That is that is terrifying to think about. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so terrifying. And that's why I say tonight, the basis for everything I talked about as far as having a clean conscience is the belief in a creator, a belief in God. Tonight, I'm going to sing a song by request. My friend Lawrence, he uh, he sent me a text that made me laugh out loud just now, but I'm not going to share that on the radio. But... Um, but uh, he asked me to, to, he wants to learn this song. I think it's the song he wants anyway. It's the one I wrote. Years ago, I was working in Hedinger, doing some siding work down there, and I wrote this song one night. I was just in a motel. It was wintertime, so I had to quit early and wrote this song, and I just didn't like it, and I crumpled it up. And the next morning, I pulled it out of the wastebasket, and I've been singing it once in a while ever since then. But, I mean, God is, the song is, is about when we come to God, it's just one step at a time. You've got to make that first step towards God. You've got to turn around. I, I preached today at, in our church, I preached at the jail, that we're not very far from God. You're as close to Him as the mention of His name. You begin to cry out to Jesus for forgiveness, and He'll be right there. He'll, he'll be there right there. You're not, you might be far from getting straightened out. You might have messed up everything, but you're not very far from God. You're just one step away. Once was a young man who was far from his home. He found himself feeding pigs. He was reaping what he'd sown. Of his father's house and his love, he would sit and dream. But how to get back home, how hard that first step seemed. One step at a time one small step that day it started him on a journey to the place from where he'd come with one step he heard his father say welcome home my son But there was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus one day. He asked him, Lord, what must I do? I'll do anything, you say. Jesus looked at him and said, there's one more step you need to take. The rich man walked away. It was a step he couldn't seem to take. One step at a time. One small step, he walked away. Is there one thing today the Lord is asking you? Take that step, it'll be the best thing that you ever do. Could there be someone in this place? God's been leading by His grace. You've walked with Him a certain way, but you heard more truth today. What will you do, my friend, with the truth that He did send? Today it's one step more. Hurry, for He closes the door.
One step at a time One small step today Lord Jesus, I'm asking for everyone here to see That one step can bring them to you in eternity Step at a time One small step today Lord Jesus, I'm asking for everyone here to see One step can bring them to you in eternity Amen. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast, I pray, God, that if you're dealing with hearts that are listening tonight on this radio show, God, give them the courage. God, give them the, God, the energy. Give them, God, just the direction to do what's right and to have a clean conscience before you. Maybe they need a clean conscience before others. Maybe they need to make an apology, God, or make some things right with other people. I just pray tonight that you would help them in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Been my pleasure to be with you tonight. Lord willing, next Sunday night at 806 Mountain Time. For an hour, we'll be back with the Tell It Like It Is radio show. God bless and good night. Oh
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.